0: Hi, guys, I'm Morgan.
1: And I'm Dwight.
0: You are listening to Sis. Suspicion. Suspicion! All right. Well, today we have our dad back with us again today. Thanks for being on the show, Dad.
1: You're very welcome. It's been too long.
0: I know. I know you've been really looking at. Our episode, the Clark Rockefeller episode, if you haven't heard it yet, it's real good.
1: Yeah, did we have a lot of followers?
0: Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not telling me the truth.
0: I honestly haven't looked in a while. Mm. We'll look after this. Okay. All right. Well, this one's going to be good because this is a story that is really weird. I mean, I think just the whole weird thing about it is what was stolen.
1: It's a sticky situation.
0: Oh, but a boom. I had to
1: get a dad thing. In. <laughs> so,
0: 2012 had a lot going on, but one thing that at least we in the United States or us in Massachusetts had no idea about was a multi million dollar heist in Canada. This wasn't money stolen or jewels or anything like that, but someone or some people had stolen lots of maple syrup.
1: Unbelievable.
0: This is the story of the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Uh,
1: It's just just mind-boggling that somebody would steal (laughs) maple syrup and keep it from all those people who love maple syrup.
0: Can, Can I just say something right off the bat? Yes. I don't really like real maple syrup. Nor do I. I like the Aunt Jemima stuff.
1: Yeah, that's kind of sad, really.
0: I know it is really sad, but I, I don't know what it is. I guess I just like the sugar.
1: Well, maple syrup. Oh, you don't like the sugar that's in maple syrup.
0: Um, and maybe I like the processed sugar better. Possibly. Yeah.
1: Well, we should we should look up the ingredients.
0: Well, I did see something that said that uh, Aunt Jemima, people say that anjumai is basically just like high fructose corn syrup.
1: Oh, uh, that's probably true.
0: But I mean, it's delicious. I'll
1: keep American farmers going. True. Um, so a little background on this great Canadian maple syrup heist is when you think of really good maple syrup, you might think of Canada.
0: Do you think of Canada? Actually, now I think of Vermont. I think
1: of Vermont. Or in my case, Aunt Aunt Jemima.
0: Yeah.
1: Quebec's history is entwined around maple syrup to the point where maple syrup production here accounts for 75% of the world's supply. I mean, that's just unbelievable. 75% Seventy-five
0: percent of the world. The world.
1: I mean, what does what is the Vermont produce? I wonder.
0: Um, the second highest producer is Maine. Seriously. Uh huh. Not Vermont. No, wow. and Maine's like I think it said less than ten percent.
1: that probably can cover the Mar- America's population. So
0: I'm, um, I mean, then Vermont has to be even less than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if you got seventy-five percent coming out of Canada, it doesn't leave a lot. Anywhere else? So 10 percent. Mm-hmm. That's 15 percent somewhere else.
0: My one of my good friends who lives in northern Vermont, she said that when she was growing up, they used to tap the trees and they'd get out some maple syrup and then they would take some snow, and they would put the maple syrup on the snow and eat it. Ooh. I know. Ooh. I forget what she called it, but
1: um, she she was so surprised. Maple syrup slushy.
0: Something like that. She was so surprised when she said when I said I had never done that before.
1: Well, let's go out and tap a tree.
0: Uh, I don't know what we would get here. In
1: 1966, Quebec created the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers to create a large-scale production of maple syrup, which in turn created maple syrup as a trade. In annual sales today, the industry has around $400 million.
0: Canadian dollars.
1: The Federation became so successful by controlling the supply of syrup to then they could set the price in Quebec. There are around thirteen thousand five hundred producers of maple syrup. Each producer, uh, bulk producers are required to join, has to send a fixed amount to the federation for sale that year. It is then inspected, tasted, and graded. Interesting, graded.
0: Yeah, you know, like grade A, grade B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: I just wonder how they how they do that.
0: I know, I, I know. Maybe
1: we should maybe we should go up, make a trip to Canada, and. and become graders.
0: Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, you're a teacher. Sure.
1: Whatever is needed is sold immediately, while the rest is stored at the Federation Reserve in Lauraville, a town in the middle of Quebec. Sometimes it takes years for syrup from a producer to be sold. The members of the Federation are only paid when the syrup is sold. Once it is sold, the Federation keeps $54 for each barrel to accommodate the advertising, marketing, storage, and testing. Apparent, the federation looms so large that it is sometimes referred to as Canada's cartel. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what we probably more know is the oil cartel.
0: Well, is, is in America, is it called OPEC?
1: It is OPEC.
0: That is Yeah, the, yep. every single article that I have read about this maple syrup heist, they all refer to Quebec's federation of maple syrup as Canada's OPEC.
1: You know, on the side, the United States is... Um, Uh, Produces enough oil for its own consumption nowadays. Maybe we should start trying to do that for maple syrup.
0: I don't. I don't think we have enough trees.
1: Plant more trees.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, there we go. Oh, go ham. And we can have greening of America (laughs) the whole night. No,
0: I like it. Jesse and I talk all all the time about the environment. So let's do that, and then we can profit off of maple syrup.
1: Exactly.
0: So basically, what the federation does is. It takes all of the small producers, small farmers. They have to send in a certain amount for how much they produce. So say...
1: Well, small and large.
0: Small and large. But say, Dad, you have your own maple syrup business, and you can make about 3,000 pounds of maple syrup a year or a season. You would have to send maybe 1,000 pounds to the Federation. Something like that. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm just...
1: No, that's fine, so then I, I'm able to sell what remains.
0: I, I think so, own. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're like a large-scale producer, then and you make 50,000 pounds of maple syrup, you would have to send 20,000 pounds or something like that. Um, the Federation takes it, they either store it or they sell it, they grade it, they market it, and... Now that i'm thinking about it when you see maple syrup from canada don't they all have the same packaging uh, that like white bottle
1: maybe, that like
0: cream bottle with the trees on it
1: that's interesting because i don't know if they actually package it because they this whole story is about barrels so i don't they must sell it from the barrel which they do
0: oh and, and, then, and then, other... then somebody else
1: packages after they purchase it yeah. for whatever pur- purpose they're purchasing for yeah I mean, they make candy and all that kind of stuff from it as oh, well. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Maple candy is actually really good. It's not so bad. Yeah. yeah. But because it's now gotten so big, they have created two different reserves for where they store the excess maple syrup. I just think it's kind of like stinks for the smaller producers. So like you, if you have to give a, a thousand pounds of maple syrup, you might not get paid for two years. Or longer. Or longer for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. How are you
0: supposed to make your money? Well, I
1: guess that's the surplus that you don't have to send in that you're able to sell on the market. But and Which I was wondering that whole thing when I started reading this. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed to be a little bit uh, uh, fishy and small producers would be out of business because they don't have any profit. Yeah. But it is part of the surplus that they don't have to send. They can go into the market and sell it. Which means that what you have is the opportunity to, uh, to make some money off it, going forward. But still, it it really restricts their abilities overall. I think. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I mean, who? How do you know what syrup is sold? Uh, do you get a percentage, if they release this this reserve? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to get a percentage of what's sold from what you had sent in? So you know, some of this is way out there, but. Uh, It seems that it it benefits, maybe benefits the larger producer more than a smaller producer.
0: Yeah, because what they said is the reason for the federation is that if they, if you control the supply, you control the demand, which then you control the price. So if you're only giving out, if you're 75% of the world's syrup comes from you, you can then hold back some, so you can up the price to like 20 bucks, and then... Make yeah, more money?
1: Well, no. They said they stabilized the price. So the price really doesn't fluctuate much mm-hmm. because of the uh, the fact that they can either release supply or take supply off the market. So as a, you know, an economist, it's supply and demand. Demand is usually probably the same as a whole because I don't see that maple is More and more people are going to maple products. Mm -hmm. So you probably have a a static demand and thus they, if they have a short supply, they release more into it to keep the price at that level. If they have a large supply, which would reduce the price if it all hit the market, uh, they take that off the, off the market to keep the price still at whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, let's say it's $20 a a pint or a gallon Mm -hmm. or whatever, but uh, in all that saying, it, it really is just, it's... It's uh, confounding the market and manipulating the market, which is not something that we're used to in the United States.
0: No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, let's get to the to the heist. Once a year, the Federation takes inventory of its supply, and this was the case in the summer of 2012. A worker was checking the barrels. He's actually an accountant, and he was on top of one when it started to wobble. This was surprising because the barrels usually weigh more than 600 pounds. And because of that, they're very sturdy. The man knocked on the barrel and heard a gong sound, like a hollow sound. So he opened it up and he saw that there was nothing in it. The barrel was empty. That was really surprising. So he looked through some more and found many others either empty or filled with water. There's also another story that uh, some other workers saw that there were some barrels that were starting to rust, which also doesn't happen with maple syrup. Right. And that's how they found them being filled with water. In total, 9,000 barrels of maple syrup was gone. At around 2000 Canadian dollars per barrel at the time of 2012, The total volume estimated at 18.7 million Canadian dollars.
1: Substantial. Yeah. Even for Canadian dollars. I said (laughs) I wouldn't do that.
0: How do you steal barrels of maple syrup?
1: Oh. Right? I can tell you.
0: Okay. Well, you'll tell us later. But first, let's get into the investigation. Originally, the case seemed impossible to solve. There were no security cameras. And nobody knew how long the maple syrup had been missing for. The Federation immediately got the Quebec police involved, and they were later joined by the Royal Mounties and also U.S. Customs, which I I found interesting. Why? Because it's a Canadian crime, but then I realized, oh, well, they supply us with maple syrup coming from the border.
1: Right. It it was illegal transportation across the border. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And customs has that responsibility.
0: Yep. What I found interesting is immediately from the beginning, the police and the Mounties and the U.S. Customs agents said, "We will spare no expense <laughs> to find <those> people." <laughs> <laughs> well, eighteen
1: point seven million dollars, I guess, has some uh, weight in that whole, the whole discussion.
0: Exactly while they really did spare no expense because this investigation led to 26 arrests and more than 200 witness interviews but it was only by retracing the footsteps of the thieves and the syrup Hmm. that would lead to justice
1: so where the syrup flowed
0: yeah oh that was beautiful thank you almost immediately police believed that this was an inside job not necessarily a member of the federation But someone who had access to the reserve because for security, they used ID cards to open up doors and things like that. So somebody needed to have access to the reserve. Investigators followed the trail through the black market, which apparently there's a maple syrup black market.
1: Interesting.
0: mm -hmm, Which led to barrels in New Brunswick and some of it in Vermont which was hilariously stashed in the factory of a candy maker who claims he has no idea the syrup was stolen. Or as they were saying in all of these articles, the syrup was hot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I could buy that. I mean, if you had somebody approach you who has been in the business Mm -hmm. in the past, and in fact, we'll find out that the father was part of a... Probably one of the guys who was buying the surplus away from or buy it from the yeah small farmers. So, you know, he was he was recognized uh, in the business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could I could see where they were taken by that side.
0: Yeah. At trial, prosecutors spelled out what they believed happened. The thieves took barrels out on trucks to a sugar shack. Ooh, to a sugar shack.
1: Yeah, say that five. five I know people.
0: where they over time siphoned the syrup out into their own ramshackle barrels then refilled the barrels with water the quote-unquote ringleaders eventually brought on more accomplices and the operation grew to expand throughout different black markets around canada and the united states they set themselves up as legitimate syrup dealers from new brunswick and shipped the syrup to buyers all around The
1: well, yeah well i mean it's it is amazing that when you are you put this plan in motion, mm-hmm. and it seemed to me to be ideal, the fact that they would take the syrup out, put water in, because this guy would never have found it if they had left if they had left water in that barrel. Yeah. It wasn't that he was going through opening barrels, he was going through counting, mm-hmm. and this still could be until they actually go through to start releasing that supply Yeah, that they would have found out. Yeah. So... You know, it's almost like the Keystone Cops again. What you have is these these clowns taking the syrup, deciding that they had to speed up their process, mm-hmm. and got caught because of it.
0: Because they just threw out
1: just threw the barrels the right barrels, back yeah. in. Yep.
0: Do you okay? Just picture. I had pancakes yesterday. Just picture taking maple syrup out, pouring it out of the bottle. It takes so long for it to get out. So can you imagine? <laughs> Trying to siphon it out with I'm just imagining one of those little what are those called when they yeah like a, like a little funnel <laughs> they're pouring it in and it's just drip 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 well they it they it must they must be
1: suctioning out 600 pound barrel how are they going to pour it you know
0: mm-hmm. well they said in the in the articles that we'll post on our resource resources that. They did it, they siphoned it as if you would siphon gas. I'm like, how, who siphons gas?
1: Maybe it's a little thinner, one that's in that state. Oh. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe it's just the sap.
1: And after they go in and, and produce it and heat it again and everything else, that it gets thicker?
0: Yeah. I would not I mean, know. I
1: don't know. Or they add something to make it thicker, but I, I, it yeah. just seems to be a little silly
0: take way too long yeah
1: but I mean the fact is is that these guys uh, knew where the supply was uh, even though what happens in the past is that there was two warehouses that they actually kept this stuff mm-hmm. they got so much syrup in they had such an excess supply that they rented another warehouse and it just happens that these guys knew where it was right next to a highway where they rented right next to it mm-hmm. in that same warehouse and so that they probably had then access in and out, bringing in, they could bring in trucks, etc., without anybody noticing. And so, thus, they were getting away with something that uh, no one had any idea what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just it just was a continuation of again a great plan, until they botched it. I know. And I put water back in the barrel.
0: I know. So stupid. Well, another good part of the plan is that. The problem for investigators when tracking down the maple syrup is that no one can really tell if a specific barrel of syrup is stolen or not. Because, as the New York Times article says, syrup does not have a barcode. They can only follow the black market trail and hope that this would lead them to the syrup in those makeshift barrels.
1: Right.
0: So far... Only about two-thirds of the stolen syrup has been seized. But I'm amazed that they even found two-thirds of it.
1: Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, they did capture the ringleader and the guys, and maybe they confessed to get a where it went to get a yeah. lesser charge, which we don't know because the information on that side of it is very limited.
0: It, it, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, or maybe they're, they're holding it it's a national secret until they are able to find <laughs> that next one third of a maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Uh, top secret only mm-hmm. information. But
0: I'm still surprised that they even found that much. But everybody out there, don't worry. This syrup is insured. So they didn't really lose too much money.
1: No, no, but it's just the fact that you're being stolen. and. You know, the other side of it is, it, again remains amazing that they uh, they did not protect this very uh, price you know price controlled commodity
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, better than just sticking it in a warehouse and saying okay.
0: Well, and that's and that was the big reason for why people think that you know this maple syrup heist is such a huge thing. Um, it's because for the producers and the members of the Federation, they were mostly just pissed off that the security was like lax, mm. like you said, for this commodity, um, trade.
1: Well, it was not only lax, it was non-existent. hmm I mean, can you imagine? They probably pulled a truck in
0: mm-hmm. and
1: made a door <laughs> into the place and just started taking barrels out. Um. Uh, And no one noticed it except, and and again, this guy probably knew when they would come in and count the barrels and when they wouldn't count the barrels, because they came in twice a year. Yeah. That's what I understand. So, yeah, you know, it had had the makings of something to get away with for a long time. Exactly. So, they did catch some people, and they caught what they considered to be the ring leaders, and they went to trial. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. But like you kind of mentioned, it's so weird, because I have looked at maybe 10 different articles and I could not find anywhere not even on Wikipedia how the investigators found this guy, this guy, and this guy. They Everywhere just says that three, four men have been arrested for the maple syrup heist and, well, th- I, I and know. that's it.
1: I know. They had sticky fingers.
0: <laughs> oh, come
1: on. That was pretty good. Oh
0: my god. That was such a dad joke. Yes, he did. <laughs>
1: That's number three. I got three in.
0: There you go. Uh,
1: three men were brought to trial and convicted of this crime. Richard, you say the last
0: Vallier. name. Valier.
1: Thank you. Considered the ringleader originally said he was forced to buy the stolen syrup and replaced it with water after being threatened by an unknown man with a gun. <laughs> right. <laughs> Richard, you could have come up with something better. I know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, God made you do it or something like that. I don't know,
0: yeah. The sheriff spoke to you.
1: Uh, He was found guilty of theft, fraud, and trafficking stolen goods, fined $9.4 million, and will have to serve six years in prison if he does not pay it.
0: Which clearly, I mean, who has $9.4 million just laying around unless you're Jeff Bezos and then...
1: Oh, uh, you know what? He should have two thirds of the of the stuff has been found.
0: Oh, so but we he should have money it. from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. all right.
1: But he probably spent it on, on yep. trucks. Uh, his father was also found guilty for taking part in the high sentence to two years in jail and nine thousand eight hundred forty dollars fine, with within uh, had to be paid within one year or go to jail for six months. Uh, in fact, the father I had read was the guy who they called him a barrel roller, mm. that he would go out and buy maple syrup directly from the the uh, supplier. Oh, okay. And so there, he's he was the guy that I I presume was able to you know sell this stuff off.
0: Oh, so my, so is that why when they speak about these suspects and or these guys who did it, I guess because they were convicted. Um, they say that these the ringleaders were especially vocal about not liking the way the federation ran the the maple syrup business.
1: Yes, I think that's and so. True.
0: Maybe because he was a part of it. So technically, four guys have been convicted or brought to trial and convicted of this crime.
1: How many guys? I thought there was only three.
0: I thought there was only three too, but there's four because I forgot about his father. Oh. Yeah.
1: Uh, the second uh, ringleader, Avic Cannon, was sentenced to five years in prison and fined one point two million dollars. I mean, it seems a little severe for him, but maybe he was, you know, something way up there.
0: Well, I think that doesn't seem severe. It's weird that that this guy, Cannon, sentenced to five years in prison and fined $1.2 million. But Richard Vallier has to serve six years. On top of two years he was already serving, $9.4 million. And if he can't pay that, he has to...
1: No, if he doesn't pay, he has to pay, He has to serve six years in prison. Oh, right, right, right. If he yeah. coughs up the money, then he's, he's then he off. can.
0: But yeah. so that's like an excessive amount. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I then don't know. there is the another suspect.
0: Etienne Saint Pierre
1: was accused of buying the stolen syrup and rebranding it as New Brunswick syrup. He was also found guilty of fraud and of trafficking, uh, and must pay one point three million over fifteen years or be in prison for five years. Uh, it's funny, his father only has to pay $9,840.
0: Yeah, that's such a specific amount.
1: Exactly. Okay. 9.4, 1.3, 10.7. Eh, maybe, you know, you're getting to the point where almost...
0: Almost, it.
1: Two thirds or whatever, but... Uh, there There is uh, some more stuff out there about it. There's actually a documentary about the whole heist Uh, On Netflix. What's what's the name of that?
0: So it's called Dirty Money. It's a documentary series. So episode five of the first season is on this. But something that is so weird is that everywhere that you, I, I read on this heist, it only really uses the heist as like a way to get into the Federation itself, the background, the history, how it runs, what people think of it. Whereas the heist is just more of a little blip.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: There's and, nothing yeah. out
1: there about how they were able to track everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No,
0: the investigation, nothing. you're right. There's like barely anything on the investigation because it talks about, oh, all of the syrup was stolen. Then they found these guys.
1: Right, and they spared no expense. But what did they, what did they actually have to spend to find this, uh-huh. this whole stuff and, and track it?
0: Yeah, because then it's like, wow, these guys stole the ma- this maple syrup, but they stole it from this company that people have a lot of issues with because they are the number one sellers of maple syrup, and they kind of have a hold on that whole maple syrup trade. And then people start going into that, calling it a cartel. And I felt like the guys who stole the syrup were more seen as like kind of the cool – cool kids who went up against the man, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I could see where they would have that kind of Robin Hood type of philosophy, but still it, uh, I, it just it's it's mind boggling as a whole where they do all of this stuff, they store all mm-hmm. this stuff, and again, <laughs> they have absolutely no controls in place. Uh, which doesn't give you a great feeling about you store all this, how are you ever gonna get paid? from these people, because how do they ever track it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, the tracking part of it is tricky. Very much so. If you were like a thief, right? And you could steal any random thing, like maple syrup, Hmm. what would you steal and why?
1: You know, that's, I'm I'm not sure. I haven't put a lot of thought into that. Uh, Chocolate?
0: That's what I was gonna say. (laughs) Oh my god! I was literally thinking chocolate or like M and M's.
1: I think we'd have to go to Switzerland though to get the chocolate.
0: Oh, I would totally go to Switzerland just for chocolate. Um, but we would totally do it better where we would make sure they wouldn't find that missing chocolate for years.
1: Well, because I'd eat it all. This whole thing is not uh, unprecedented. Of course, we had rustling back in the day where they, in the West, when they would steal cattle. Oh yeah. And then. I grew up in the Midwest where at times when the prices were really high, there was a lot of theft of hogs and cattle, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, and there was a lot of guns. <laughs> there was a lot of guns being used at that point in time. Um, so, I
0: feel like stealing a live thing like in a couple pigs, that's way riskier it, than maple syrup because they make noise.
1: Well, it's, you know, the smart criminals, uh, as usual, would, would case the place, and see that nobody was home. They would mm-hmm. back up a truck, load up the cattle or the hogs, and take off with it, and go somewhere you know outside the state and sell them off to somebody. And nobody questioned where they came from.
0: You seem to have had some experience with this. Yeah. How many pigs did you steal?
1: <laughs> no, but it was uh, it was happened in my hometown where yeah. there were pigs were stolen. And they, they, you know, it doesn't seem that difficult to believe where they, what they would do is have pens where they would take the the pigs and load them and put them in this pen and then load them up a chute mm-hmm. into the truck. Yeah. So simply, all they had to do is make sure no one was home. They'd back up the truck, load up the pigs and take off. So it was pretty easy.
0: Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well,
1: sorry. Sorry to go off the subject. No, it's all right.
0: Um, well, thanks for being on here today, Dad. I had a lot of fun with this, and I hope that you guys found the story interesting. Uh, look on our Instagram, Facebook, and website suspicion com for more information.
1: It was a lot of fun. It was always a sticky situation, but oh, God. Uh, in fact, why didn't they? Why didn't they do Dirty Money? Why not Sticky Money?
0: Well, because there's it's a series, so there's different episodes. Ah, uh-huh.
1: okay. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening.
1: Stay suspicious.
0: Goodbye. Bye.